Welcome to KB Talks powered by the NKBA, the only podcast dedicated to sharing the latest kitchen and bath industry insights to help grow and support your business. I'm your host, Jennifer Bertrand, and today we're talking about collaborations. It's no secret that partnerships between designers and brands can spell big business on both sides of the equation, but getting started is tricky and there are pitfalls you should know about. We're going to crack this issue wide open with our guest expert, Denise McGahey. She has a lot of experience in this area and is with us to share tips on building successful brand designer relationships, managing expectations, and setting clear responsibilities and everything you need to know about maintaining these impactful collaborations. Whether you're a brand looking to partner with a designer or a designer who wants to learn more about partnering with a brand, there's a lot to learn from this episode and I'm excited to get started. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Samsung Appliances. At Samsung, we aren't just predicting the future, we're creating it. Inspired by chefs, the Samsung Chef Collection is built on three core pillars, design, technology, and performance. The recipient of four 2018 CES Innovation Honoree Awards, the Chef Collection features performance, precision, and design that is recognized across the globe. The Chef Collection lineup includes a 42-inch four-door flex built-in refrigerator, a 36-inch ProRange, 36-inch induction cooktop, and a 30-inch microwave combination wall oven, all boasting smart features designed to suit any type of lifestyle, including Wi-Fi-enabled interior cameras and advanced temperature control. Samsung's wider range of products feature multiple color and size options and ensure that the kitchen is designed exactly as the chef desires it. We crafted this collection with sophisticated capabilities for intuitive performance to elevate the modern kitchen experience. Welcome to the future of cooking. To discover more about the chef collection and learn more about our rewards program for certified designers, visit samsung.com. All right, we're back and ready to dive in. Welcome, Denise. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you're here. And honestly, this is a subject that I care a lot about because all of these kind of collaborations are right up my alley. And I think every designer should experience the joy of working with a brand. But before we even get there, why don't you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and things they may not know? Absolutely. Well, I have been an interior designer and principal of my firm, Denise McGahey Interiors, since 2001. We are going to be celebrating our 20th year in business this year. And design for me is a second career. What was your first career? So, well, I had a couple, but most of my 20s were spent in the luxury fashion retail world of Neiman Marcus. Oh, that's lovely. It is. It is. And, um, you know, the luxury world is something that I immediately felt comfortable in from a design perspective because of my experience on the retail side. So I did that and was a buyer for Neiman's. I was on the team that launched NeimanMarcus.com. And then after that, I did a small stint in telecom in e-commerce marketing. So all of that experience definitely um, has been helpful in running a firm and what we're going to be talking about today. That's very impressive. And obviously those two markets really relate well each to each other, design and the high-end luxury market. 
But so, okay, not everyone gets that amazing experience. So if you're just thinking of the average designer and they're beginning about to think about how to collaborate with a brand, what advice would you tell someone about how to get started and where to even begin thinking about your role in collaboration with a new unknown company or a, an established brand? You know, what's interesting about that question is that often people are like, how do we leap to that? And I think it starts much sooner. Um, we as designers collaborate on a daily basis. Um, many of my collections that I have currently with brands started with me designing custom pieces for our projects. And so I have been collaborating with manufacturers and makers and artisans since the beginning of my career. And I think you need to have that experience and bring that knowledge to the table because there's a lot that you can learn on your own in working in your own projects before you ever go to a brand to discuss collaboration. So how established as a designer would you think someone should because a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm too small mom and pop or anything like that. And sometimes it can be micro targeting certain audiences. So Absolutely. how does one, what advice would you say to say, now you're ready, Grasshopper, to begin your journey to working with brands? <laughs> well, I think I would start with, with the question of, you know, what is your passion and what do you have to offer? Because before you ever speak to a brand, you need to have a vision of, what you're offering that's different from what's out there on the market. And you also need to understand the brand that you're hoping to collaborate with from not only the perspective of who they are, but what might be missing from their assortment that you could really bring a different perspective to their customers with. No, I agree. I always think it's like, you also have to be a little delusional that you have something extra to offer the world that no one else can offer. But um, what do you think about sometimes like having some kind of, not a vision board, but like I've done PowerPoints of my brand of kind of how I see myself, who my target audience is, who I um, kind of can relate to and stuff like that. Would you suggest something like that for someone to kind of get their brain around how the world sees them? I think that's such a great exercise whether you're wanting to do a collaboration or not, is being able to very clearly and succinctly define your brand and what you offer. And that often comes from what you tell your customers. What you're offering to your clients as a designer is no different in many ways than what you're offering to a brand. It is you, it is the essence of you, it is your brand. And if you have a really strong handle on what that is, um, that's wonderful because I think a collaboration with a brand versus being a product designer are two very different things. Um, if you have a very established brand and your or or you know what your brand is and what makes it unique, then you are wanting to do a brand collaboration. If you are just a really fabulous product designer and you have this great product that you want to bring to market but your brand isn't as strong, then I think there's obviously a way that you could lend your services as a product designer um, with a brand. So I think that you kind of, in my mind, you split that into two different pots. I don't think you have to wait to have this, you know, 20 year design firm to approach a brand. I think you have to have an exciting product mind, but you, you could go to a brand with that. I'm not telling you that you can't do that 
you could have been in business a year or two and you may have some amazing product designs that a brand would be very interested in. Agreed completely. So in terms of past experience, what kind of brand experience do you have and who have you collaborated with and what have you learned the hard way? Oh my gosh, a lot. That's a really really big question. Um, We currently in, what is it now? We're in like the fourth quarter of 2019. And as of today, we have three um, brand collaborations as you define them. We have licensed product collections with three companies. The first um, that we ever launched, and it's been almost three years now, was with Materials Marketing. And they are a natural stone company that offers carved stone products for architectural. They have mantles and fireplace surrounds that are carved stone, marble, travertine, limestone, etc. And they also have um, tile. And exterior-wise, they do pool pavers. And, and so the, it's a very much a hard surface play. And the relationship started with them many years ago. I've been working with them almost all of my career. And about seven years ago, I worked with a developer to put together some custom designs that we were going to utilize in some projects that we were designing for them. And then those were installed and photographed and the the residential projects were sold and other designers were either hired by the homeowner or saw the photographs on my website and reached out wanting to know how and where they could find these mantles that they had seen. A client had seen them, they were working on a project. And after several of those requests, I went back to materials marketing and said, I think we have a product line here. Have you ever done a collaboration? I don't want to continue to manage selling these as a product. I really think a licensed collection makes more sense because we already have photography and the designs exist and they're custom and they're ours. And that's how that relationship started. Wow, that's awesome. Had they worked with someone prior to you or were you their first foray? I was there first. And so when you ask what you've learned, um, I've learned everything trial by fire in that relationship. And it was my first. So naturally that makes sense. We, um, we've walked the path of marketing the collection together. We've also walked the path of making sure there was no video. There was no, um, you know, quick tips for installation because now you're working with the design industry, not just with stonemasons to install this product and designers need to be educated. Um, There's personal appearances, there's setting the product in the showrooms and hosting private dinners. And so there's this whole aspect of it that they weren't prepared for. And I was happy to step up for, but we've kind of built the plane as we flew it. And I will tell you that it is one of our most successful collaborations today. So that's, which first off, congratulations. That's amazing. Every designer wishes to do something with their own kind of product and their name on it. But like with them never having done it before, what was something that like, did it take a lot of convincing for them or were they pretty trusting? Because I know some designers are very assertive and willing to take the reins and while other people might get intimidated by a company who had never done it. You know, what's interesting is that we already had a relationship. We'd been working together for years. 
we knew how one another worked. I know that there are multiple layers to their company that require approvals. So I, I knew what to expect as it related to presenting it. Now I wrote my own contract. Um, I hired a licensing attorney and I presented the package of what I felt it could look like. And I also offered my branding and marketing skills in promoting the collection. We just recently sat down and are planning several other categories with the company to be launched in 2020. And, and we all laughed about how we didn't expect it to look like this. We didn't expect it to take off and we didn't expect there to be the demand that there is because the product also supports my brand of designing with the deadline, which is my tagline for our firm. We have actually trademarked designing with a deadline. And we have a trademark attorney that we worked with to, to trademark that phrase and that process. And all of the mantles are available in four to six weeks. Carved stone designed and delivered from the time of order in four to six weeks anywhere in the country. And we even shipped to Canada and the Bahamas. That's amazing. And just uh, to give a little shout out to it, what is the website in case someone goes, I want to see what she's talking about. Materials Marketing is the name of the company, and I will make sure that that is added in your show notes, but materialsmarketing.com, I think is correct, but I want to go double check that before I say it. No, that's awesome. But so do you think part of the advice is saying, let your collaborations partially happen naturally because when they're a natural fit, they're just going to be more successful? You know, I think that, I think there's two ways to answer that question. For me, that has worked extremely well because I'm already a collaborator as a person. Um, I love working with companies and understanding how they work and, and trying to fill a gap. So that's my natural tendency anyway. But I also think there are other ways to approach it. There are many designers out there that work with a licensing agent and they, the agent is aware of companies that are looking for brand partnerships or collaborations or licensed collections. And you can go in the door with a design or a look without even really knowing the company. The agent is the person in between you and this this company that's looking for this. And so I think there are definitely two ways that you can do it and do it well, but expect to go into any of these relationships with a very well thought out and designed collection to present. No, that's awesome. And then have you ever had experience on working with a brand where it didn't quite um, feel like you and that you had to be assertive to say, Hey, you know, my vibe is this and it's, putting off this kind of vibe, which I'm not enjoying. You know, I think that's naturally who I am already. Um, I went in with such a tight vision for what I wanted to create with them. Um, if any of the samples, well, the great thing about um, this is that you've got to make sure and, and write into your contracts that you have the opportunity to review sampling um, and how things feel. But you also have to know who that company is. And ultimately they know what sells and what doesn't sell for them. And you've gotta be open to things shifting and morphing along the way based on what they're able to achieve. Um, I'll talk about my, my next two collaborations and then speak specifically to an, an, 
something that happened with our lighting collection. So we have a licensed collection with Curry and Company. And what's interesting about, they're a lighting um, and accessory furniture company. What's interesting about my relationship with Curry and Company is that before we ever had a licensed collection, I was their brand ambassador. And um, I pitched my role as a brand ambassador to them before anyone was really doing brand ambassador roles. This was for about four and a half, five years ago. And my relationship was one of where I was partly a consultant, letting them see how designers work, talking to them about how we receive information, how we pull things from their website, what we see as valuable from a brand that we're working with, um, how we work with salespeople, how we go to market. So that was a big part of it, but also then taking that brand and utilizing my channels to promote it and tell the story about the company. So what was great about that is that I really got some insight into the back office of how this company worked before we ever went down the path of having a collection together. And as much research as you can possibly do on a brand, um, I cannot tell you how helpful that was in our relationship going going down the road. And we're now coming into our second year of product and we'll be introducing more product in the fall. And along the way, one of the pieces that I had designed when I saw the prototypes had an oval chain on it. It was a pendant and my drawings had shown a rectangular chain. And I was curious why it had changed because I really felt like it affected the design and the style and the aesthetic that I was hoping to achieve. And I didn't know this, but a lot of what goes into pricing a product when you're manufacturing overseas is the weight of the piece. Um, because you've got to factor in the shipping and there are certain weight limits that they are determined not to put on a piece for it to fall into a particular price point. In the end, I got my rectangular chain, but it was touch and go there for a bit. Uh, it was worth the struggle because a rectangular chain is always oh my gosh. amazing. <laughs> it's everything. And the piece is a rectangular pendant, so it just would have fallen flat, I believe. Um, and it's, no, but done, it's done really well. So I'm very, very, I mean, whew, thank goodness that one's selling well, right? Yeah, but that is honestly to be assertive enough. Like if you're going to do brand collaborations, it's that that dance we do with clients all the time and now doing it with a brand. So you sounds like you definitely do your homework ahead of time and during before you even start the products. But we also have brands listening to this as well. And what advice would you have in terms of, um, and we'll do your third one too, because I want to know what that For is. Sure. Um, but in terms of who to even reach out to. So tell us your, your third collaboration and then let's talk about how to even reach out to companies to create that conversation. Right, right. So my third collaboration um, was launched right before or almost at the same time that my Curry and Company collection was launched. And that's with a company by the name of Design Legacy. They are a Dallas-based company who works in the textile and um, original art category. And I wanted to do a textile collection and understand that market, but I also wanted to work with someone locally 
that was a little bit smaller so that I could understand it and also have more control. Now the owner of the company and his partner are also very good friends of mine. So it was a natural progression. And we pitched it more as a collaboration because my visions, I wanted to have painted by Kelly O'Neill, who's the owner of the company, who's also an artist. So I would develop a design and then he would paint it and then we would transfer it digitally so that it could be printed on fabric. So it was truly a collaboration. And that, that sounds fun. It was very fun. And, and I learned so much about, you know, I thought I knew a, a lot about textiles and I do, but I didn't know a lot about printing digitally onto textiles. So that was a whole other layer of education that I received. Um, it's been really, really interesting to see how that collection has developed. Now, one of the things that is good or bad is that they are a smaller company and that they have a smaller distribution. So they're not a, they're not a you know, national company in that they don't have showrooms open every day and multiple different design centers across the country. Their, their, their sales channel is selling to retailers or interior designers that also have shops. And so this fabric is often translated into pillows or people are ordering it for upholstery, but it's not wings like you would see in a fabric showroom that you go in and there's these wings and wings of fabric and there are all these memos there. That's not how their sales channel looks. So it, it's a little different than a fabric line per se in that their sales channels are different. And that's been an education for me as well. So it's probably the smaller of the three collaborations that I have, but also one of the most fulfilling and exacting collaborations that I have in that everything I had hoped and envisioned for the fabrics, the colors is spot on. Nothing was what, I, there was never an issue with what was developed and presented. It was exactly what I had hoped it would be. And I think with a smaller collaboration and less fingers in the pot, you get that clarity of a relationship. No, that's awesome. And like, because you were friends with them first, did you ever have a moment where you're like, I hope I'm friends with them afterwards? You know, what's interesting is I was friends with almost everyone I've worked with. And many of them have been to my house for dinner. We've traveled together. Um, we've known one another long before the collaboration started. And for me, it was super important that they allow me to speak my mind. The great thing about that is that they know who I am. They know I'm going to be assertive. They know I'm going to be exacting and that I'm going to deliver when there is a deadline. And I think that gave as much confidence as it did pause to the relationship. That's great because I think sometimes as designers, it's remembering that no matter when you meet a person in your design journey, you never know what role it'll be later down the road. You have no idea. I seriously have, have had these relationships change and morph and grow. And if you had told me today, that I would be doing these things with these people, I would have laughed at you. You never know. 
I always say it's like the Wizard of Oz and, and when she wakes up from the dream and she's like, and you were there and you were there. But <laughs> like, so not everyone has <laughs> amazing relationships already. So let's say there's someone who wants to cold call a company and reach out to them and say, you want to know me um, to collaborate on something. Would you say it's the marketing department they need to reach out to? Who would you say? And um, what kind of advice would you have if you were to, out of the blue, reach out to a company? You know, I think it depends on what type of collaboration you're looking for. Are you looking, there's several ways that I've worked in my career with brand collaborations. I've just spoken about the product collections that I have and partnering to create licensed collections that you bring to market that have your name on them. That's one way. The other is that, you know, there's an ambassadorship where you are representing a brand you're traveling to their factory, you're helping tell their story through your channels, you're tweeting and Instagramming and storying about their brand and getting the word out about that in exchange for a trip or, you know, some sort of monetary, you know, payment that you receive as a result of that relationship. And then the third is, is where we've been doing some things and differently and that we're working with brands to use their product. Um, they're donating product and we are designing rooms around it so that we are able to take the lifestyle portion of a brand's products and bring it to market. It's really difficult sometimes for brands to have a product in a catalog photo and for it to feel warm and fuzzy like when a designer uses it in a room and it's in a magazine spread. And so in the world that I believe we're all in now, where we are creating our own content and our own um, branding and magazines, if you will, through Instagram, our blog, our website, I think it's really important that people can envision the products that we are collaborating or representing in their lives, i.e. a lifestyle shot. And we, that's a third type of partnership. So I think you do have to have some element of an aesthetic for that particular partnership. Does it need to be what the brand's aesthetic is? Maybe not. I'm currently partnered with a brand that we are going, we just did a photo shoot a uh, week before last year. And I designed two spaces um, and one is an office. And it's not a brand that you would expect me to be partnered with. And they wanted to see what I could do with that product to put my spin on it because they liked my aesthetic and they wanted to see how we could partner together. And I'm super excited about that because I think it gives them a completely different group to target um, based upon seeing the product in a lifestyle setting in one of my projects. Awesome. And don't you think that also this third way you're talking about is it's more authentic to how these products are being used and yes. if you're a brand listening part of it is is not being scared to have your product by another brand because that's how we're really using them and it can hold its own and um you know being open to being used in undefined ways you know and and i've done a number of show house rooms over the years and there are multiple brands or partners involved in those rooms that we design and sometimes a brand will come in and basically say, we want all the lighting in the house and we don't want anyone else in there. And if you're a designer designing a room in this show house, then you must use our plumbing or you must use our lighting. 
but as you get into other categories of, and, and the paint people are very similar, as you get into other categories that aren't, you know, what I would consider the, the construction pieces and you get into decorative pieces, that's how we live. But I also, you know, not every house has a full house of one brand of plumbing or one brand of lighting. It becomes very one dimensional. And I think if, if you can understand that people want to see multiple brands used together in a space because it's more about a look than a brand tag, that I think it's even more valuable because the authenticity is there. It doesn't feel paid for or ad like, it feels very real and authentic. And that's really, in my opinion, what, what the buying public is wanting. They don't exactly. want to feel duped or tricked. They want to feel, they want to feel like it's real. Yeah, no, see, I get all excited when you talk about that because I feel like authenticity is the biggest push and that people are just, tired of feeling talked at and all of that. But so when you look at that um, and you start doing these collaborations um, and I do brand ambassador for an appliance company, do you think that some brands need to be willing when they work with designers on these kind of things to hear the hard truths sometimes? You know, what I think is interesting is that many of the creative directors or the marketing people or the PR people that are within these large brands get and understand that. Um, it's, the, it's the executives that are writing the checks and setting the direction that really struggle with that. They want a very pure brand story. And being that I came from a world of fashion, I absolutely and completely understand that. At Neiman Marcus, when we had the book and we, people paid for quote ads in those books, I bought jewelry. And it meant a lot to have the stylist choose one necklace or a pair of earrings from a brand that was actually an ad for the Chanel suit. So it was really exciting when you could source that jewelry with that suit because that model needs to not just be wearing a suit. They need shoes and they need earrings and they need a handbag. And you have to find a way to make that shoot and that particular shot or that ad page that you've paid for feel authentic and real. Even though we all know it's a staged shoot in the middle of Alaska and she's wearing a fur in July, um, we, we know that it's not a, a real moment, but street style very much speaks to that. When you look at the world of fashion and you see all these street style um, attendees, people that aren't models, but they're, they're partnering with brands to show their product as going into fashion shows and they're being photographed. I'm much more interested personally in street style than I am anything else when I'm looking at my own fashion. And I think home fashion is very similar. No, I love when they show street style, like all of that. I often buy like the, you know, Paris fat runway show books and stuff like that. But I do laugh on street style where they're like, now white tennis shoes are very cool. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know you were going to go there. But okay. So in terms of our last question for you is here, you've had such great successes, but what is your advice in terms of ownership and owning some of those designs and collaborations that you've created with companies? Does that come down to initial contracts and setting it up from the beginning or talking to lawyers? What would you say? 
I think it's important for you to have an NDA once you get that first meeting. Um, you want all of your designs that you're presenting to be protected. Um, that's the first thing I would tell you. Secondly, um, as you go down the path of product, often you're showing product first. They're deciding whether they're interested in producing that product with your name on it as it relates to product licensing. Um, and then they're going to let you know what designs they have accepted. At that point, you're really at the mercy of that brand. They have the ability to own those designs if your contract is set up that way because they are manufacturing and producing these pieces. You have no cost whatsoever. You're just getting a percentage of the sales, i.e. royalties, when the product is bought to, brought to market and sold. Um, there is a lot of time that goes into creating these products and prototypes and approvals and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I will tell you that as I look back three years on the lighting collection that I presented and what has come to market, um, maybe 15% of that has come to market. Even less than that looks exactly like what I presented. So you have to be involved in those products as they morph and they change. And now that I know that and I go to, for example, to High Point Market and I see a product, a furniture collection, for example, and the marketing person walks me through this new collection that's a design collaboration and they talk about all the pieces. They will say, and this is the prototype. Now, the one that you're going to see when, it's, when it comes to market, it's gonna be a little different. Um, it's, not, it's not going to have that brass on the bottom. And, and I know what that looks and feels like because that's really what happens. That prototype comes back, you tweak just a bit, and then you are in a rush to get it out for the show that you're trying to get it out for, any show. And, and I think that you have to be open and willing to pivot and to flow with that type of, of collaboration, um, especially when it comes to product design. Now, when you're doing uh, an ambassadorship or you're doing um, inserting a product into your designs, that's very different and there's a lot more control you can have because you are speaking to your tribe about this product that you found and how you think it's going to work. I'm sitting at a desk as we record this that is one of my new partners in this product collaboration that they sent me product. Would I be willing to go look at it? I looked at it at market in April. I said yes in May. We ordered the product. I re completely redesigned the rooms that this product was going into. You know, there's only two products, but there's a floor and a wall and, you know, accessories and all these other things. I have a desk and some shelves in here from this brand, but I needed it to feel authentic to me. They really did trust me to do that. And I think the only way a brand can trust you is that they've seen you do it before. They see your aesthetic. They know that you're going to talk about this because it really does feel authentic. And a brand is really gonna be looking for that opportunity. No, you're a plethora of knowledge. So you made me have to ask one more question. Sure. Is there a certain etiquette that is expected once you start to play in this role? And sometimes I ask questions that I know the answer, but I want to hear your take on it in terms of like, saying thank you via social media or buying product for future design jobs 
what would advice would you give to designers to make sure they're um, appreciative, respectful, or, or saying thank you in this adventure? Well, I think part of you sharing about the product that you're using and telling the story is the first thank you. The second is that use it in your projects. I, I won't use anything I don't believe in. The desk that I'm currently sitting at is a standing height desk and it's electronic and it can go up and down. And I absolutely love that as part of my brand vision to create and design healthy homes. Um, I think standing while you're working, especially when you're working from home, is, a, is part of that brand. I will talk about that. I've already had the photographer ask me where he, when he shot it last week, where can I get that desk? That is amazing. I've never seen anything like that. So I think that just telling the story and it being authentic is a big thank you. Yes, I use these products in my projects. I wouldn't put it in my own home and put my name on it and photograph it in a space and spend five times the cost of the product to develop a space that it could work in if I didn't believe in it. I'm just glad it wasn't a treadmill desk because then I'd have to not like you. I was like, no, but there is, there is a Stairmaster to the right of the desk. So, you know, I do separate those things a little bit. (laughs) No, it's exciting. So I want to make sure we get in your three lines so people go and check it out because we appreciate you sharing your knowledge. And then ultimately, I always think I want to put it in the universe. Denise, what is one thing you haven't designed or created that you want to down the road in your career? We are working on some exciting new things, um, some of which I can talk about, some of which I cannot. So here's what I will say. I love expanding upon the relationships that I already have and expanding into other categories with those brands. It's like getting married and then having children. I think there are steps to increasing and growing your relationship and that's huge. The second is that there are many categories that I'm not involved in. I don't have anything in the floor covering other than, than, you know, tile and stone. I don't have anything in the soft floor covering realm. I don't have anything in soft goods as it relates to bedding. Um, And I really don't have anything in the upholstery and case goods world. I do have some small furniture pieces with Curry and Company because they also do furniture along with lighting and those have done well. But um, so the, the, there are many categories that I'm still super interested in. The one thing I will tell designers and brands, if you've not done this or you're thinking about doing this, it is a second full-time job and the amount of time that it takes to do it, you should absolutely be prepared for. No, that's great advice. We could do a whole nother five podcasts on this subject. And maybe sometime we will and delve into it even deeper. But if people want to follow you on your amazing career and adventures, where can they find you online? The best place to find me is at Denise McGahey on Instagram. My name is my brand on all the social channels, Facebook, Twitter. I'm at Denise McGahey. And make sure you follow my stories because that's where the real dirt happens. And you'll often see me fresh out of a workout class or dealing with some drama that's happening on a job. And we, it's no holds barred. It may be social media, but we tell the truth. 
Yay, that's the best actually. I do workout clothes and without the workout, which I'm working on that concept. But congratulations, it sounds like you're doing amazing things and will only continue to grow. For everyone else, that's all we have for you today. We'll have new episodes of KB Talks coming your way soon, so make sure you are subscribed and stay tuned. Please be sure to send your feedback to nkba at flyingcamel.com. And remember to take a moment to leave us a star rating or a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you again, Denise. You're amazing. Everyone else, stay tuned for a quick NKBA Minute. The NKBA Specialty Badge Program offers members a new competitive edge. Certification has long been a cornerstone of the National Kitchen and Bath Association's mission, although the designations are mostly limited to designers. The Specialty Badge Program now allows any NKBA member to broaden their knowledge and earn credentials in a variety of areas through online course materials and passing an online exam. Visit nkba.org badges to discover the NKBA Specialty Badges currently available. Take advantage of the NKBA's ongoing professional development opportunities and get the NKBA Competitive Edge.